Hey, I just want to thank you guys. It's, it's been an amazing year, 2005, and I know a lot of you really sacrificed to give to Cornerstone Church, and I, I want you to know we take that totally seriously, and I think you can see that, and it's reflected in our budget. But also, I think it's good to just get some encouragement and see what God did with the money that you gave this last year. It's been an amazing year of ministry, and so we created this video that shows you what God did uh, really through your giving this last year, and hope you enjoy it. As you know, every year we do this budget thing. Somebody stands in front of you, they talk, they walk through a page full of numbers. It's kind of boring. So what we decided to do instead this year is to present a budget on video. I'm going to bring the staff and they're going to talk to you about all that God has not only done in 2005, but all that we hope to see God do in 2006. Let's look at what God's done, what God's going to do. Enjoy. Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing in here, bro? We have our interview for the budget video. I know, but I'd say that I would come over to your office, and why are you filming this? Why don't you just... Hi, my name's Doug, and I'm the pastor that oversees children's ministries here at Cornerstone. And when I look over 2005, just the exciting things that have happened, by far, VBS. I mean, that just, that tops it. A thousand people, when you count the students and the workers involved, a thousand people centered in here a week, focusing in on God's Word. That, that is totally amazing. Students were baptized and people grew in their faith. This past year, along with laying a foundation for our ministry and figuring out what we do and why we do what we do, um, came along with a lot of different worship leaders who were involved within the ministry. And so, as you've probably seen this last year, we had some five to ten different worship leaders leading on a given Sunday morning. And that, for me, is very exciting because it's us as a church enabling people to go and to serve and to lead um, us all in worship. And so for me, that's very exciting. All of us know what took place in Imagine. It was an amazing thing. But did you know, do you remember last January when we had our global ministry conference? When we were able to challenge our entire church to think globally. And in conjunction with that, in Uganda, Francis was involved in a pastor's conference with 2,500 pastors from all these different areas in Uganda being challenged, being equipped. It's amazing to be a part of a church like Cornerstone where people give so faithfully. I want to share with you within student ministries what your faithful tithe has allowed us to do. One of the main things that has allowed us to do within Cornerstone is to free up lay staff to simply hang out with students. You might not think that that is that amazing, but they can hang out with students, take students out, live life with students, and that's where lives change. When they get to walk with them through the issues that they're going through in life and get to show them how scripture is relevant for their lives. Our duplication department has done huge things in 2005. Our sales have nearly doubled and maybe even have tripled. Um, and we actually see our congregation using that department for what it's supposed to, which is a, a tool to expand God's kingdom. We're getting reports of people in Costa Rica who are taking our DVDs and creating Bible studies. We got the same report from someone in Japan, and we also are shipping our messages out nationwide. 2005 has been such an amazing year in the life of Cornerstone. One of the greatest things that we've done is we started a Bible college last fall, and we were able to complete our first year. As a result of completing that first year, we sent one student who had completed the 30 hours of Bible that he was required by his mission agency. He's now in full-time ministry in Budapest, Hungary. Those kind of things are so exciting for us, and that's just a result 
of the contributions that you make towards this church and is able to support a ministry like the Bible College. What a... It's <laughs> part of my job. I oversee the facilities. I want to take you back for just over the last eight years since we moved here in 1997. We had 12,000 square feet of a facility to take care of with one full-time custodian. Today we have 55,000 square feet that we maintain with a crew of six full-time employees. The important thing is that we have a lot of people that show up here on the weekends and during the week and we, we have to turn this facility around several times during the week. On the weekend we have 3,500 to 4,000 people here. My name is Pat McCoy and uh, I'm the pastor of the care ministry here at Cornerstone and uh, what that means is uh, I take care of uh, overseeing of the benevolence ministry here and the senior care ministry and the homeless ministry and uh, the prayer ministry. One of the things that really stands out during the prayer meeting on Wednesday nights we have here that people that started coming to the prayer meetings had never prayed before and they really didn't want to but yet by the end of the year you couldn't stop them. And that was really neat to see that happen, how people just came out of their shell and started praying and they were blessed that way and their whole ministries changed in their lives. Did you know that in 2005, over four and a half million dollars came in that went towards our operating budget? Now that budget goes for all the things that we planned for to do in 2005 and you, the congregation, gave us enough money so we were able to meet those things that we had decided to do. In addition to that, we had another half a million dollars that came in that was designated for mission. It was so awesome to see we were able to support Children's Hunger Fund, the Uganda Pastors Conference, and a variety of other things, including missions trips, with that extra money that came in. You ready? Yes. God has really done some incredible things in adult ministry. In fact, there's so many things that I couldn't tell you them all, but um, I can say that our events, our women's retreat, men's retreat, um, marriage retreat, family camp, the Harvest Festival, all these things are just, just a blessing to watch people interact and uh, just come together and just to see God work through that in people's lives. Another thing that happened this past year um, was there's a lot of maintenance we needed to do on our, on our equipment. Behind the scenes we had, we had amplifier issues, we had subwoofer issues, we had sound issues, we had lighting issues, we had a lot of issues that we needed to begin to uh, dive into and so uh, if you, I don't know if you noticed a few things on, around here but we've changed, we've changed a few and a lot, a lot more behind the scenes than what you've actually seen. There's over 700 kids that are ministered to between the Iwana program and our Saturday and Sunday services. I mean, totally amazing things happen on a weekly basis here. We are expanding beyond the borders of Simi Valley. Um, not only are we in Ventura County, um, we're in Los Angeles County, and now we are in Orange County. You can get all of 2005 messages on podcasts. Now, Apple came out with the newest technology, which is the video iPod. Therefore, we offer our video podcast, in which people can download that as well, for free. We have also expanded, which is another huge thing God did, to Uganda. I don't think any of us would have expected how many staff changes would take place during the course of the year. Looking back, there was a time where Brian Risky and Wendy Risky, our men's ministry pastor and children's ministry director, they decided to go plant a church in Castle Rock, Colorado. Then we have Scott and Laura Mel from EBC and Student Ministries. They went and planted a church in Santa Monica. And then Doug Fox, our executive pastor, decided to go and plant a church in Rockwall, Texas in 2006. On top of that, we had a lot of other people who decided to go pursue schooling, to move, or just to go do something different. God had been working in the lives of the people here on staff, and he had 
been grooming people to take those positions and take those spots. And we're able to fill all these positions without really even having to go outside. Another thing God did in 2005 was, <laughs> the one main thing that sticks out in 2005 for me is the small groups. Just to think about these groups that are, are meeting in homes right now. Back at the beginning of the year, I had people coming to me and asking, how can we get plugged in? What do we do? We've been coming here a while, but we just don't know how to get connected. And so we started the small groups, and right now we have 50-plus small groups going. One of the other really exciting things that we did last year was we decided to pursue accreditation. And as a result of that process, we were able to hone the vision and the values that we have as a Bible college. And that has begun to shape everything that we do. We are very excited about where God has taken us, but also where we are headed in the future. We kicked off perspectives, allowing our congregation to be challenged in deep ways to think globally and how God has called us to be involved in His purpose. We sent out three families to long-term ministry in Papua New Guinea and in Peru. God's doing amazing, amazing things. So that's what God did in 2005, and now what we're going to do is show you some of the plans we have for 2006, which I'm really excited about. And the ministry leaders are now going to show you what we're anticipating God doing. Obviously, none of this happens without prayer, but I hope you get excited for our vision this year. Looking forward to 2006. Exciting things happen. Number one, I'll get a brand new yellow chair, and uh, bigger and better as it comes. Number two, the merger of family ministries, where we take marriage ministry, and we take children's ministry, and we create a whole department. And our children's ministry is moving towards a pastor-led ministry, where we'll have a pastor that ministers to the kids and families as well. This next year, we're doing some cool things practically to help us as a congregation to come together and worship God. One of the first things we try to do is, um, is cut down on the stage volume that we have coming off a of stage on a weekend basis. Um, and what you can see in back of me, there's a, um, there's a drum shield that we bought. And what that does actually is it traps all the sound inside of this casing. And, and I know that at times there can be certain elements of the drum set that's louder than others and that because of our sound and the way that our, the structure of our sanctuary, you hear different elements differently. And what this has done is actually allows us to trap all the sound inside and to mic what we want to mic. So the podcast is just another way in which we are trying to impact the world, not just Simi Valley. So with that said, for 2006, our goals are high, and we're going to be putting in a lot of prayer to see how God wants to use us. Um, we've set aside some money in this year's budget so that we can expand more on a global mindset. One thing that I'm really excited about with 2006 within Student Ministries is this idea of prayer. We are called to do what we cannot do. We're called to do the impossible. And so what we're going to start doing, we're going to dedicate a lot of our time in the weekly meetings to prayer because we want to see the impossible done in the lives of the students. In 06, some exciting things are happening. We're going to do some major work over the children's ministry area, put a facade or on it to make it look more like the, the rest of the campus going to add a playground between the two buildings and really upgrade that whole facility. We're also going to complete the plans on the building over what used to be Jack Shoe's store. And folks, this is an exciting time just to, to be able to do all these things. And I just want to thank the people who support the church because without those funds, we couldn't do any of this. We'll be starting a Fundamentals of Faith class. Uh, this will start in January. And basically, it's going to take you from 
where scriptures originated, how they came about, and how they were put together all the way through to the end of the Bible. And really teaching you what we believe, what Christianity is all about, and uh, giving you a good foundation. That's the whole purpose of the class. And one of the things we're really going to focus on is redesigning our website. At the end of 2005, we started this redesign, and we're going to continue doing that in 2006. Do you realize that our website is the main entry point into our church for so many people, not only in Simi Valley, but across our country and across the world? We want to redesign our website to make sure it's an effective tool to enable the ministries of Cornerstone and to reach people around the world. All we need is one more location. Let's see what we got. Wow! We've never been involved in the South Atlantic Ocean before. What an amazing opportunity. Oh, I didn't know you guys had come in. What, what you see here is, a, is how Cornerstone Community Church Global Ministry selects where we're going to be involved. In 2006, we will be planting a church in Papua New Guinea and laying the groundwork that the Cratch family and Chantier family and us, Cornerstone, coming alongside them and planting a church in Papua New Guinea. First thing is that in May, we're anticipating having our first graduation. It's going to be great. We're going to have several students graduate and head out into a life of ministry. I'm looking forward to 06, how that's going to look this year. There's just so many people getting involved, and it's just really cool. I mean, I'm just so privileged to be in this position and to help out, and I hope I can just be a benefit to everyone in 06. And then also this year, we're going to be hitting the life of Christ, which is going to be huge, because starting out that Jesus, that Jesus as God came to the world as our Savior. I want the kids to know who He is, know, understand what His life's about, and understand how to trust Him as their Savior. Another element to our Sunday morning services that we're going to be changing is we're going to be going to a, a different vibe in the NPR or our overflow room. And so those of you that have uh, been enduring the overflow room, we thank you for that. But we're actually going to go into a live person leading worship there, um, a live person who's hosting and emceeing that room, which we, we hope to bring more of a community feel to it. And so these people that you've been seeing on Sunday mornings, been rising up, leading from stage, we'll actually begin to use them on a regular basis inside the NPR. Wow. One of the other really exciting things we have coming up in 2006 is we're going to have the first opportunity in fall to have students be able to spend a semester abroad. There's a missionary down in Ecuador that has asked us to send Bible college students for an entire semester. They get to live with Ecuadorian families. They get to do ministry there, language training, plus Bible college credit. We're really excited about the opportunity for God to work in these students' lives and to make them global Christians. We're hoping to adopt a church in the Gulf region where it was hit by Katrina and to be able to impact them and walk them as the recovery process is, is slowly getting, getting going. Another thing we're going to do is really focus this year on getting lay people involved in the ministries of finance, HR, IT, and office support. So many times it's easy to look at these types of functions and think of them just as a job, but we really want to have a ministry mindset with these things and to realize that we're enabling ministry by the things that we do in this department. So we may be calling on some of you from the congregation to come help us out. And along with that, we're going to be um, giving a new look to the NPR, a new look to the, the lobby, and also a new look to the sanctuary that's going to be more inviting and more welcome. And so all this is just so that as you walk in and as your friends walk in on Sunday morning or Saturday night, that we can come in and see that one, that we are a body that loves God and loves people. And, and, and two, that it helps us to come together as a community and to give praise and honor to a God that is so worthy of our praise.
it's going to be an exciting year. I, gosh, I so apologize for being gone again this week, and I'm speaking out of town, but uh, Todd's going to come up, who's our new executive pastor, which I can't say enough about how excited I am about that. And um, he's going to share just the vision of the church and clarify and answer any questions, hopefully. And, man, let's just pray that this is just the most amazing year Cornerstone has ever experienced. All righty, man. I'll never forget um, four years ago when I did my first, uh, I guess, budget, whatever, Sunday coming to Cornerstone, because if, uh, if you've ever gone to a different church besides Cornerstone, uh, you've probably felt the pain of other churches' budget meetings, and uh, I couldn't believe it. I literally could not believe listening to what was being talked about and all that God was doing, and the first thing that hit me, and I remember coming home with my wife and telling her, I go, I feel like Cornerstone is a church that puts its money where its mouth is. And I just, man, I, I can't tell you enough. I, I went out like about a week or two later with Francis, and I said, sometimes I just don't even believe this is real. And it, it's something that going to a church like this, this is passionate about making sure that the gospel of Jesus Christ gets out to not only Simi Valley, but around the world. Um, I love Cornerstone. And uh, one of the things that I want to talk about today is this. It is about passion. And last week, Brad Buser came in and he talked about God's passion for every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And a couple weeks before that, I spoke on something at, uh, at uh, the Access College Retreat in Utah. And while I was studying through that passage, I came across something that literally shifted my thinking on the church. See, the church, if we really begin to understand Jesus Christ's passion, besides himself, the church is something that Jesus Christ is most passionate about. He absolutely adores the church. He loves the church. In Acts 20:28, 20, it says that Jesus Christ loves the church so much that he bought it with his very own blood. And then when Peter goes on to explain it in 1 Peter 1, 17-19, he talks about that blood being more precious than silver or gold than anything. See, in John 15, Jesus Christ said something. He said that, that should mark not only us, but it marks who he is. He said, greater love has this, or greater, no greater love has this than that one lays down his life for his brother. And Jesus Christ demonstrated how much he loves the church the day that he was nailed to the cross when he spilt his blood for it. And I think Brad did a good job of laying out that idea, but I want to I challenge everybody in a different way. See, it is good to think every tribe, every tongue, every nation, but when I was a, uh, a pastoral intern in Bozeman, Montana, a guy walked up to me one time, and I, we were just talking. I go, where do you go to church? He goes, oh, I go to the universal church. I go, oh, I go, is that like a cult? I mean, I just didn't even know, you know? And he goes, oh, no, like, I don't believe that in such a thing as a local church. And I was young and naive, and so I looked back at him, and I go, well, good, when you have problems, go to your universal pastor, don't come to me. And it was just, it hit me at that moment, and it even as it struck me as I was studying through to speak to these college students. See, Jesus doesn't just love the church, but he loves my church. See, I know for a fact that Jesus Christ loves Cornerstone Community Church. This is where he gathers a group of people together on Sunday mornings to worship and then they spread and they go all out. I mean, we have people that come as far as Palmdale and, and, and uh, Santa Barbara to come to church at Cornerstone. And so when we gather together and then we spread, the church doesn't just stay here, but it spreads and it goes all over. 
These are the people that we interact with, that we talk with, that we hang out with, that when, when something bad comes along, these are the people that, that comfort. When we go to a wedding, these are the people that, you know, ding the glasses and ask for the kissing, which annoys me, by the way. But this is who we are. And the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians how God is uniquely weaving this church together and forming a unique body to accomplish a task. Now, I used to be a math and science teacher back in the day, and uh, I used to love this illustration. It's called a transfer of energy. And uh, what it is, is that it's taken an object like this, and when I drop this object, it creates energy. And when it hits the ground, that energy is released. And if I were to place this golf ball on top of it, the energy is released into this golf ball. Now, it's unique in that God is weaving together kind of like this ball at church. And as he weaves it tighter and tighter together, what it's doing is creating more of a spiritual mass via the Holy Spirit. Now, when this mass is woven together in these intricate group of people, we know that even just like this ball, when I drop it, well... And I'm going to bore you to death. Height times mass times gravity. We're going to, it's going to land and bam, we're going to get this incredible thing, right? Now, all of you up front. Okay, this is how it's gone. Last night, over to you. All right? This morning, it was you. And then the last service, it was kind of off over here. And so, everybody ready? Okay, now what happens is this. When we drop it, and this is just a bocce ball. I'm terrible at it. Nobody wants to be on my team. But when I drop it, oh, see, it went that way again. But what it does, it explodes off it. It creates energy. Now, a lot of times what people think is they think, oh, well, cool. Well, if that works, maybe I need to build, we need a bigger church. And so, we get a bigger church. <clears throat> the problem is, though, a lot of times as a church gets bigger, it loses its interconnectedness. And that's a dangerous thing because when a church loses its interconnectedness, what starts to happen is it's kind of like this. There you go. That's what we get. Now, thank you. This is my uh, beautiful assistant. What's your name? What's your name? Everybody say hi to Chris. There, see? Yeah, right on. Okay, now, but here's the deal. And I love this part. Now, If God ever grabs a large gathering of people and he begins to intricately twine them together, whether it's here on a Sunday morning when we gather to worship, whether it's out and about in small groups, whether it's doing whatever we're doing, as he begins to knit this thing together, there's a mass that begins to happen that's awesome. Now, when we talk about the gospel being spread, when you put it on top of this, I don't know if you guys remember, we sent out this little DVD thing, and gosh, Working on staff here, I've got to run into people of what that's happened. And even one couple came into my office after he had watched the video. And uh, we did some counseling, walked through some things with them. And as we're sitting there one night with my, my wife and I with them, the wife looked at me and said this. She goes, why did you do that video? I go, well, I go, you and your husband, that's why we did the video. And she kind of sat there for a second. She goes, I don't think your people will ever understand what that's done in our life. See, what happened via that video was is the gospel got exploded forward. What happened is we sent the Shantiers and the Cratches out as the gospel got exploded to Papua New Guinea. What happened as we sent, I mean, these Rock Wall and Castle Rock and Santa Monica and Ohio and Idaho, and I know I'm going to skip someone and so you can like be mad at me later. 
But it's this whole thing that suddenly this massive group of people begins to send people out. See, last week Brad Buser talked about this beautiful thing we call the church, but those people don't ever get here without this local gathering of people. See, it is important that we go, but it's also important that us here in this room begin to integrally connect together so that we can do this. Now, you're not going to, you won't sue me, will you? Promise? Everybody here? I know a lawyer right over there. You heard it, right? You'll, you'll watch my back, won't you? I won't. I, I, I've been practicing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what, though? Listen to this. You remember when Francis shot the, the BB gun? <laughs> okay. But that Monday, I came in. I used to be the high school pastor here at Cornerstone. And I sat down in his office. You know, I just said, hey, do you got a second? He goes, yeah. And so I sat down and I go, Francis, I just want to thank you. And he goes, what? I go, just yesterday was really, it was, it was awesome, man. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, Francis, I've now seen you will never, ever be able to fire me based upon what you did. And so, see, there we go. Okay, job security, man. Francis keeps us in there. Now, when this begins to go, see, there's one thing to send it off with the bocce ball, but when a group like this gathers together, you ready? Are you scared? I am. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, see, I almost hit the cross. Nobody's going to be offended right now. I am performing in Calabasas next week, so if anybody wants to be there. Now, the question is, though, is how do we get to that? See, because there's always going to be a tendency to go towards the 99-cent-only ball. Because that's the thing that starts to happen. We lose interconnectedness. We think somehow, if I just show up on here on Sunday mornings, things are going to be okay. But here is not where marriages are fixed. Here is not where families are fixed. Here is not where we begin to rub and to bump and to, to, to walk with each other through the things of life. See, it's one thing to have a guy like Francis. We are so blessed to have a guy like Francis that preaches to us every Sunday. Well, not this Sunday or last Sunday. And... <laughs> the bang. But... Um, but we're so fortunate. But that's not what pulls that together to make things happen. It's the Holy Spirit in the lives of people on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. It's getting your marriage together. It's you sitting down with other couples and, and praying together and interacting together. It's your students getting involved in student ministry and your, your children in children ministry and giving them people to interact with and to guide them and direct them. It's this whole big mass of people that Paul talks about as a body that God intertwines using what God has given you to make that thing real and to make the gospel spring forward. And that's why in the budget, and you're going to be able to find it out in the back, that's why in the budget, we want to make sure that we put our money where our mouth is, and we want to make sure that people become interconnected within Cornerstone. That's one of our goals this year, is to really begin to get people interconnecting in such a way so that when we get this thing together, we've got a bowling ball that's going to send the gospel out. Now, it's interesting, in the first service this morning, a guy walked up to me and he said this, he goes, do you have a second? And I go, yeah. And he goes, go grab the bowling ball. So I went over and I grabbed it and I held it at him and he stuck his finger right here. And he goes, I've been putting this off, but that's where I belong. See, I think the thing that we forget about is as we sit out you know, amongst a group of us, as we forget that Cornerstone's got some holes. I'm not going to lie to you. 
I got the inside scoop, all right? And we need for lay people to get involved and dive into this thing we call cornerstone. We need to make sure that, see, that we're always going to become like this if we don't have healthy marriages, when we have families that are falling apart, when we have husbands that are, are needing to walk with the Lord but they need other guys to interact with, and women that need to walk with, walk with the Lord for the same reason, and students. This is where we always go unless we begin to rub amongst each other like the Bible talks about. Now, the thing I learned about Jesus Christ's love and cornerstone is I learned that whatever Jesus Christ is passionate about, I'm supposed to be passionate about. And I can look at you guys with absolute honesty and say, I absolutely adore and I love Cornerstone. Not only because Jesus loves Cornerstone, but because this is the group of people that I've chosen to gather together with to praise Jesus Christ and to begin to rub and do life together. And what I want to do is this. I'm going to be taking this mic around and I want to give you guys the opportunity to share what you love about Cornerstone. Make sure that as we talk, we're praising God about it. I don't want this to be a pat on the back of Cornerstone. This is about Jesus Christ. But I'm just going to be kind of going back and forth. Now, the other thing is this. Now, we live in uh, Simi Valley, California. I grew up in uh, Wyoming, which is uh, it's a cowboy state. There you go. And when I went to church, um, it was... And we just, we just went... Until one day, I had one of the best things that's ever happened to me. I played basketball. And on my basketball team was a guy named Charles, and I stayed with uh, he and his grandma. And uh, they attended one of the local black congregations where I lived. And for the first time, I saw a church that was excited. And I swear I met Jesus that day, if you know what I mean. And it was just so good to be there. Now, what I'm going to do is, is when I bring this around, you're going to share what you love about Cornerstone, and we as a congregation are going to say Amen. So what we're going to do is, I just want to make sure you understand this. So when I say amen, you're going to say? Amen. Okay, we can do, I know we can do better. Okay, so when I say amen, you're going to say? Amen. Oh, gosh. See, now listen, this is great. I mean, this will be a good time. Now, so is there somebody who would love to share what you love about Cornerstone Community Church? Not all your hands go up at once, please. I only have one microphone. Okay. Oh, I've got to turn it on. Okay. What I love about Cornerstone is that it's less concerned about saying something to offend me and more concerned about representing the truth. Amen? Yeah. Cool. I know I saw his hand over here somewhere. Oh, man, back in the back. Oh. How are you, by the way? Life okay? Okay. All right. I love how, just like the college kids that volunteer for the high school youth group, just how they're willing to invest in our lives and just really, like, walk through issues with us. It's really cool. Cool, amen? Cool, somebody else. Oh, right here. I see that hand. Uh, what I love about Cornerstone is the mission and work that you guys do. Uh, amen? Cool, somebody else. Okay, I see that hand. This is my exercise for the day. It's my getting shape for my wife so I look sexy. Because I got a long ways to go, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. In fact, you know why I came here like the first time? It's because I heard you didn't. I, I go to a, a seminary that requires you wear a tie. 
And uh, so I was finding a church that I could wear shorts and a t-shirt to. And praise God for Cornerstone. Okay. I love Cornerstone because it's Christ-centered. Amen? Amen. Oh, I can't see that hand. My wife is going to love me. I appreciate Cornerstone because of you, Todd. Uh-huh. You touched my son, Stephen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Oh. I love the music. Amen. We're thankful I'm not leading it. I love that I can come here and not worry about my children being taken care of, that I can just focus on God. Amen. Everybody felt that way until we put Doug back there. I'm kidding. I love the enthusiasm of the staff and the people that attend the church here. Amen. I really appreciate the fact that uh, Cornerstone has uh, singles groups because sometimes churches really forget there are a lot of singles. Amen. Yeah, First Corinthians 7. I love seeing the growth from that being such a small kind of thing and growing. And that um, um, the pastor, Francis Chan, he's very like, he's a surfer and he's outgoing. <laughs> Amen on that. He took me surfing, and I'm realizing I got a lot of practice. Just a second. I really like the illustrations of yeah. the, like, the bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Hey. I know I saw it. There it is. And then I'm going to make it that way, so be ready. I'm going to run even. Okay. Uh, what I love about Cornerstone is that it's such a Bible-focused church. Amen. 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 Okay, I'm going to come around that way. Okay. Oh, wait. Can you wait one? <laughs> such a gracious church. I like uh, about learning about the Scripture instead of just reading the Scripture. Amen, yeah. Okay, I'm coming. But now where'd you go? Oh, there you are. Okay. You pass it now. Um, I love what I've learned about world missions and uh, taking perspective. And uh, Tim Hardy introduced me to John Piper's writings. Amen, yeah. Oh, come on. Amen. Everybody's kind of like, Amen. hey, does anybody know the score of the Steeler game? Hmm? Okay, I'm going to come this way. Okay, I see that hand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Nobody looking around. I really like the baptisms. Amen, yeah. Oh, oh I could. Do you want me to? Anyway, you want me to hold it? Uh, back. Okay. Could I be able to hear you, though? What I like is that I feel like we worship God here, that we're not sitting watching a performance. Oh, amen. Cool. I love what God is doing through the ministry of Top Gun for the men in our church. Amen. Is that saying something? Amen. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, one more on this side. One more. Okay. Oh. No preaching, all right? <laughs> I love the fact that the numbers aren't the important thing, that, that we really know Christ here. And I love the fact that I can honestly say that this is my family. Amen. And I love you. Amen. Okay. Now, the reason I did that is this. Whenever I talk to college students most times, I'm learning this nasty thing about them, and that's that they like to date the church. And there's a book out by Joshua Harris called Don't Stop Dating the Church, which you haven't read. If you haven't read it, I would really encourage you to read it. 
See, there's something cool about saying, I love my church. Now, that doesn't mean Cornerstone's the end all. It doesn't mean that we're the best or the worst or whatever it is. But there's something beautiful. Can you imagine if I didn't say I love my wife? If I said, oh, yeah, I love women in general. Now, <laughs> men, you understand couch time, if you know what I mean. There's something beautiful about saying, I love my church. And the one hope that I have is that as, as we move forward this year, is that through discipleship, which we're going to really make a big push this year, that God begins to do amazing things through marriages, through families, through people, through uh, whoever it is that comes in contact with Cornerstone, begin to knit us together, kind of like that bowling ball, that you find a place to fit in in such a way that next year I'd love to bring back a bigger bowling ball and I'd love to put a hole through the ceiling. Ron, is Ron back there? No, he left. He was scared, I think. I want to see, I mean, not because we need to get bigger. I want to see us tight. I want to see us grow together to begin to launch the gospel out to our area and around the world. Amen?